You are listening to Scars and Guitars, the podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you are doing very well. You're about to listen to a conversation between myself and a bloke from Perth called Josh Reeves. He fronts a band called Rat King. They have a new album out in 2018, or for 2018, I should say. It's called Surf. Do check it out. We talk all about that on this edition of the podcast. So let's get to it. Here he is, Josh from the band Rat King. Off because on the EP Surf, mate, I'm hearing some bands that are very close to my heart. So, Chromags, Leeway, Agnostic Front, DRI, Nuclear Blast. I could seriously go on. There is some seriously nasty, dirty grind with a distinct hardcore flavour. But, how would you describe the sound that you've created across the EP? Um, it's a hard one. It was a very mixed uh, writing process when we did it and what we wanted it to sound like. And it was literally just. I mean, you know, coming in with obvious influences that we love and bands and trying not to sound exactly like them and ripping them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just stuck to our political agenda that we kind of tend to have and just wrote around that. Um, basically, Durry's booze and political views. <laughs> Tell me about, I didn't realise there was a political bent to the lyrical narrative then. What's, um, what, what is the main focus of the political narrative then? Uh, on, it's not a, a full narrative around the whole the whole album really it's mainly just what pisses me off or the whole band of the day or the time that we're writing it um, I guess with this one you could say Murdoch as a track is pretty much against uh, old mate Rupert mm-hmm. not not too political just more of a hate on the guy um, <laughs> so I'm sounding a little bit slurring my words I just actually exited a business event that we were at so I'd had a couple of wines nice um, no worries yeah and also the, the EP title itself Surf uh, it's very representative of yeah. Um, so I got not, that. not obviously a slave, but yeah. And it was it was uh, a bit of a follow-on from Commonwealth, which was our our previous album, which was very, uh, yeah, pretty political. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw our, any of our video clips or anything like that, but I have. We had a track called Gert. Yeah. yeah, and that one was uh, obviously a very Australian titled song that we built. <laughs> Gert, and it was very yeah. very yeah yeah. Just that uh, loving the country that we live in, but not really loving the leaders that that roll it. Yep. So, yeah. so um, let's talk about your video since you mentioned it there. So I've I got to say, I do love the concept for the video uh, to got a light. So I actually oh, yep. I actually started gagging when you had to spit out the cigarettes. So mission accomplished oh. on that front. Oh, my God. How did you do it? Oh, that's, <laughs> there's another one coming up in a few weeks. So this band keeps making me eat stuff that I don't want to eat. Uh, it, was, it was terrible. It was... Um, just being a little bit inebriated helped it a lot, I reckon. But yeah, chewing on lit cigarettes is the, the last time that I'll ever do that. I had three days of blisters and couldn't oh. eat anything. Salt and vinegar chips were a fucking nightmare. Mm. But yeah, that was uh, an on-the-spot decision really as well. So, so you, obviously you've got to work within a budget on these things. And I know it's not easy to create engaging yeah. content. But you've done something quite unique there. I haven't seen anybody do that before. But is there a hidden meaning to your performance in the video? Or can the viewer take it at face value? Face value, um, lyrical as well. It's it's pretty much, you know, I'm a smoker. The whole band's a smoker. I wish I wasn't, but I still do it. Uh, I've tried to quit 10 times, and it comes down to me wanting to smoke more than wanting to quit. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword that we know we're getting ourselves into, but it's, yeah, it's literally all about darts and why you shouldn't, shouldn't do it. Okay, gotcha. Right, there you go. And I'll just talk about the music again. So the riffs on the cut, yeah, sure. Disposability, it's probably my favourite track uh, cut on the EP. Yeah. Now, I'm a big fan of Satyricon. I've spoken to Sata in the past, and I like their new album. 
But oh, cool. I feel like as though that song has a slight satiricon or, um, you know, I guess you call it um, proto-black metal feel about it through the instrumentation. Yeah. So not necessarily your vocals, but through the instrumentation. Is that feedback you've received before? And do you agree with that? Uh, we do actually hear that quite often. Um, it's it's very funny as well because we, we go through these little periods of the band. We all used to live together, all the, the main writers anyway, um, up until about two weeks ago. So the drummer, Ian... Uh, the guitarist AJ and myself, Ian and AJ generally tend to do the majority of the musical writing because they've been in bands together since they were five years old, essentially, uh, mm. cover bands and things like that. So they just have that click where they look at each other and things just work. But we've been having nights where we go back through old bands like that and we just we go to jam the next day and it's the riff that's in our head. And, you know, we make it Rat King, but we don't steal, I guess, or rip off something completely, but we just make it our own. No, agreed. No, there's definitely it's a it's a cut that feels like it's inspired by the black metal satiric on create without actually sounding like them. So I think exactly. it's a good way of putting yeah. it, you know. And I was so happy when I heard that because I'm I'm such a big fan of all types of metal, not just metal, but you know I, I love jazz, funk, disco music as well. Yeah. But I really love the fact you're able to sneak the that in there. It. Yeah, you know I love the fact that you're able to sneak that in there like that because it's such a catchy riff you've got there. I mean I reckon the pit would just go nuts with that one. Yeah, we've actually, um, and this is going a little bit further than what we're talking about now, but we've just written three more tracks for another split we're putting out uh, soon, and we've been told by someone else that's had the pleasure of doing it or listening to it that it sounds a little bit King Parrot, but still Rat King-esque and, you know, getting more and more metal, but not, not taking anyone else's thunder or riding anyone's coattails. So th there's a style of music that not even a lot of heavy music and punk fans um, know exists. It's called Power Violence. Now, yeah. your vocals remind me a lot of the vocal style across a lot of power violence bands such as Spaz and artists that are on the Slapper Ham Records label. Uh, is that something yeah. you've heard before as well? And are you into the genre of power violence? I, I do like power violence. I, I honestly, you know, I, I didn't put as much effort into listening to it as I should have back in the day. Uh, not back in the day, a few years back when it was all getting great. I mean, bands like from Perth, Extortion and things like that were a very big band that shapes why we wanted to start a band. Um, and the, the vocal side of it myself, it was really, I'm not sure if you've heard our earlier EP, it's it definitely evolved from that. Yeah, it I was, have, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, bands, that, yeah. bands that I was trying to get away from um, or was just that general punk kind of yellingness that Australia seems to do a lot, which is what we had. Mm. And I just didn't like it. So um, it, it was more, yeah, listening to metal and then going from there and just seeing what I could do with it. But I'm going to go with Trash Talk being a pretty big influence to that as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Hey, just a question about um, the track, Got a Light. So I should have asked this earlier, yep. sorry, but look, I did watch no, Twin Peaks, The Return, and I'm of an age, because I'm 39, uh. where I recall watching the first two series back in the early 90s, if you can believe it, and now, of course, The Return's out. But did you enjoy the new series, and is that the actual inspiration behind the track? Because I take it that, of course, it is. It wasn't the inspiration per se behind the actual track. Um, it was more coming into the audio, like when we are going through the actual mixing and mastering, that we were like, holy shit, this is... Um we can make this sound pretty fucking cool, mm. pretty creepy. And then it came in with that, the whole God of Light character from Twin Peaks that yes. a couple of people have actually picked up on from that intro of the uh, track, but not many people have, and that's pretty cool when they do. And I think it is Netflix re-bringing it out or down or whatever it's on at the moment. But, um, yeah, it wasn't entirely a, like a piece that we were, you know, riding around to try and make it exactly, you know, a, some kind of object from Twin Peaks that yeah. it was definitely in the back of our heads when we were putting this track together and seeing what's better cool. We didn't have any of those sirens or anything like that that was over the back of it at the end. <laughs> it was a little bit more raw and then that came in and changed it all and yeah, it was right. It was really, really fun to do that. 
Have you seen the actor that played the God of Light character in the Twin Peaks series? Have you seen what he yeah. looks like in the day-to-day, i.e. without the black makeup on? Nah, nah, without the black makeup and the beardy. Yeah, he looks scarier in real life than what he does in the bloody series. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's a freaky-looking oh, like dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to get off the phone. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a freaky-looking dude, actually. I'm trying to think. It's the same as the... Um, the character that played the giant, I think it's called the giant in the series, you know, when they're in yeah. that netherworld, I don't know what it's called. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. attempted to call it the other side, uh, but that's a strange things. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, there's some pretty strange looking individuals in there that, that, that um, <laughs> Lynch must have found. He must, a bit like Tarantino, I understand Tarantino will be walking past somebody in, a, for example, a shopping centre or more likely an airport lounge or something. Yeah. And he'll say, you look like you're going to be perfect for my film. And I reckon Lynch has done something similar to that. You know, he found somebody who has a really sort of eerie quality about them and introduced them to acting and said, all you got to do is just be yourself. And in this case, just say, got a light. Yeah. Over and over again. Do that scene 10 times and see how it comes out. Yeah. It's actually a great way to put it as well because I feel like whenever I see some characters like that in TV shows, you don't notice them from anywhere else. If you look them up, they might not have any extra work anywhere else and all of a sudden they're this little great one-off character that did really well and they didn't go through five to 10 years of grueling acting. Yeah, God, yeah. All of that, yeah. So talking about touring and promoting the EP, so are you planning on touring the East Coast and do you have any bands in mind that you could perform alongside? Uh, we are. We're planning uh, as soon as we can. We're back. Our next tour coming up, which is actually a little bit strange, it's before our Australian tour is uh, Japan and South Korea. Sweet. And that is in June. Uh, we're hoping... We had a big muddle up with US uh, immigration and visas, so that screwed us up a whole lot. We had right. a different plan to go ahead with our tour, and we were going to do it with a band from Colorado called Lime Brawl, which is a, uh, a hardcore band that we love and, you know... If they were on our radios, I'm sure they'd do better than they do in their own country. Yeah. But they're an incredible group of guys with great music, and we were going to do a little bit of a US run with them because the same guys we're doing this current split with. Mm. Uh, but we we're going to bring them back through, stop through Japan on the way back, and then do Australia with them because then it makes a little bit more use out of their time and money because it's hard to get over here, obviously, and vice versa for mm. us. So we went ahead with that plan prior to actually... Um, yeah, sussing out our money and whatnot. So we got turned down for U.S. immigration. Trump changed everything on that. And now we're doing a Japanese one. Okay. And now here's an idea. I'm into Power yep. Trip, the band Power Trip. Of course, you've probably heard of them. Yeah. You guys, that'd, that'd be, be a stellar bloody... That'd be a stellar double bill, if that could ever be arranged. Oh. Yeah, if that could ever be arranged, I would uh, give my first thought, I reckon. Yeah. That would be a great time. Yeah, yeah, I reckon that's been a, a very good band for us in the last, or for us to listen to anyway in the last year. Yeah, there's this this sort of I'm not going to say a comeback, but it's more prominent now. Bands like yourself and, and Power Trip have been given a bit more opportunities. I think it's probably fair to say, and it's just that straight up no balls blistering metal thing, isn't it? You know, there's not a lot of frills yeah. going on. It just it's the you know there's the one two three four bang straight into it, and there's definitely a place for that. Because I felt, for, yeah, I, I did a lot of promos. Okay, a ton of promos, and sometimes it's like four or five minutes into a cut that the music will actually start with the, like this massive, long-winded, atmospheric keyboard introduction, which is fine if you like that stuff. But when you've got it on a yeah. car, it's a pain in the ass. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. sitting there waiting for a whole uh, a whole theatrical performance, so to speak, before the actual music comes in. Yeah, and there's, it's just not necessary, you know. And, and of course, yeah. out of Europe, there's a ton of, um, you know, I don't have anything against the genre, but I'm not a massive fan of power metal. 
Um, yeah. There's heaps of that sort of stuff. It just feels a bit too widdly diddly after a while. You know, but yeah, with your, doing it for the sake of it, yeah, yeah. And but with your music, it just hits you. It's right there, and because the riffs are so good, it keeps you engaged. Ah, uh, thanks. You know, so yeah. mate, what's what's the plans in terms of? Is it you know, Metallica style world domination, or is it something a bit more closer to Earth? Uh, that would be incredible. Uh, we're just gonna. Well, this is the idea that we have with the CD that we put out. It's um, it's a free release. We didn't want to charge anyone for it. We wanted to give everyone the opportunity to listen to it. Mm. They like it, they like it. They might listen to something else. Uh, if they don't, then we tried. But with this, uh, we're going through trying to record as much as we can this year. So we're doing that other split, and we're going to try to do a few more tracks, or maybe another EP for the end of the year, and just try and blast everyone with as much racking as we can until they either hate it or love it and tell us to stop or tell us to keep going. I think that's a very shrewd move, what you just mentioned at the beginning of your response there about giving away the EP, you know, and there's a few reasons that I believe that. I actually think that my own personal view is that I think unless you're an established band, so unless you are a Satyricon or a Metallica or what have you, the days of releasing albums, I think they're almost done. Okay. Um, I think EPs are the way to go forward, and I think giving it away, a lot of older, probably people about my age and older, they have this view that you can't give away your material, you've got to charge for it, otherwise there's no value in it. I think that's bullshit. I think that people yeah. find value in great music. That's what people find value in. Um, otherwise, exactly, they wouldn't yeah. be And when you've got things free. like Spotify and things taken over, you've got to just go out there and go, hey, look, we're chucking it to you for free anyway. Um, you know, no one's buying CDs that much anymore as it is. And take it. Take it and try to like it. So, Josh, that is, that is a very smart move, and I do mean that, as I said. So have you seen an up- you. uptick in the amount of listens or streams or whatever it might be, you know, in, in whatever way that listens to your music is captured have you seen an uptick in that since you've started giving away the ep we have um we're up towards i think or quite closely on spotify at the moment to 2000 monthly unique listeners which is a big Mm. jump from what we're normally at um not that spotify is not free anyway so well it's not exactly free people still have to pay for their memberships but it's a free streamable thing on there um on our actual uh because the band camp page that we have that Mm. as well it's just skyrocketed from what we'd normally get on there just because it's zero dollars. Uh, we've actually seen as well, there's people that are, you know, more than happy to donate a couple of bucks, even though it's zero dollars. It's a pay what you want kind of thing. But we've had people chuck 20 bucks down when they're down on it because I don't know if they, they really like it or they feel guilty, but it's a, it's a lovely little thing to say. Well, I think people, I, I think what you've done is by, by giving people the option to pay for it, you're giving people the opportunity to support you. So I get it. You've probably got merch out there and a few other things that people can purchase and feel as though they're supporting you. But by giving people the opportunity to pay whatever they want, I mean, that's money in your directly in your bank account, if I'm not mistaken. You don't owe anybody any cut right. of that money, do you? No. Nah. Yeah. And then as long as we're not hitting no uh, tax amount, then it's all ours, really. So we're not really getting towards that 75K mark anyway. But it's, um, yeah, it's nice to see something come through for nothing. So do you get musicians and artists reaching out to you, asking you, oh, how should I do this? In other words, do people come to you for mentorship? Um, sometimes. We've had a few people that it's, it's more, I'm not sure if it's mentorship, it's more maybe they want to play a show with us or they just want to get on with us. But yeah, we do definitely have people ask us. It's a lot of my questions that I get asked uh, aren't really about me. It's more about my drummer, Ian, because uh, a lot of people just sit there and watch him, they're mesmerised and you can't tell him that to his face because he'll... And write yeah. it for the rest of the night, the week, or whatever. <laughs> He's one of those guys that's just good. Yeah. But um, yeah, myself, it's yeah. I, I don't really get many questions for, for my own self. I just get a couple of compliments, and then a couple of people saying, "What are you doing? Shut up! Stop yelling!" 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And yeah. What, what about you, you? I mean, you wouldn't have a typical firm because I think it's impossible to have that in 2018. But you know, do you have a certain type of metal fan or punk or rock fan that listens to you that you notice? Like when you're looking out there on the stage and do you see t-shirts popping up fairly regularly? Like back in the day, it used to be like the Pantera t-shirt thing. But is there a t-shirt that you see fairly regularly that allows you to identify that you've sort of got a following from a particular genre, scene, or even? A, uh, fans of a particular band? The ones that I see the most are probably trash talk shirts. And I don't know if that's a fashion thing or if it's a, um, yeah. you know, a general, they just love the band themselves. But that is definitely one that we see a lot more than, a lot more than not really. Uh, apart from that, it's um, the crowd themselves. Whenever we see them being in Perth, you do see a lot of the same faces every now and then, even at different venues. But it's good to know that they're still rocking up and coming to shows that we're playing at. Hmm. They're paying money to come and see us, so yeah, I'd, I'd say for that question, yeah, it's probably trash talk would be the trash talk, the one that okay. we see the most. Yeah. Okay, we might have already covered this, mate. But how do people, if they want to support you, in other words, if they want to buy your merch, if they want to give you money for whatever product you've got on offer, how do they do that yeah. through Facebook or um, Yeah, we've got links through our Facebook. Um, our Instagram's probably the best because we've actually got a big set cool. of links that comes off one little nice button. And then, yeah, it goes straight to our either YouTube account, our merch page, our Instagram, oh, sorry, that we already on the Instagram, your Bandcamp, your Spotify, your iTunes, everything. And, yeah, so Instagram's our main hub. Okay, sweet. Well, congratulations on a wonderful career to date, mate. I just hope you guys can keep on doing what you're doing because you're probably our foremost um, grind band going around at the moment, I'd probably say. And I think you're a good representation of what, what Australian grind sounds like. You know, if I could, if I could Thanks. loosely lump you into that category there, but yeah, I just, you know, seriously, as I said at the beginning, you know, seriously, nasty, dirty grime with a distinct hardcore flavour. I think you're probably the premier band in Australia doing that, mate. So, congratulations on the EP two surf at Stella. Thanks so much for that, mate. No worries, brother. Look, what I'll do is I'll um, send you a link via the Facebook uh, Messenger service or what have you if I can, or your email address is yep. listed on your Facebook page, mate, when I've posted the podcast edit. And I, um, I'll also, the podcast edit's probably the easiest one to share, of course, but I do, I'll sure. have you on the radio. I'll tell you when that'll come up. Bear with me two secs and I'll tell you. Where have I got that scheduled? Um, where are we? I haven't got you scheduled yet. I'll, um, oh, yeah, the podcast edit will be out in the next two weeks, so for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much. And thanks for dealing with me being a little bit boozy. No, you're fine, brother. It's been a great chat. Thanks so much for being, uh, you know, answering all the questions and all the rest of it. Cheers. No worries. Thanks for your time. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith, and that was my conversation with Josh Reeves, who was the front man of a band called Rat King from Perth. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>